Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan, and welcome to episode 65 of Third Degree, the podcast. I'm Dan Crook. Buzz is currently out traveling this great country of ours, yours, whatever, I've got papers. Today we're talking to representatives from FC Dallas's two supporters groups. Uh, Stephen Gould is the president of the Dallas Beer Guardians and the chap you'll see waving the enormous flag in the beer garden. Luis Dollar also joins us. Luis is part of El Matador leadership and you'll often spot him on a capo box leading El Matador chants during games. As well as things pertaining to the supporters groups, we'll also talk a little about some news that broke earlier this week. Jesse Gonzalez was suspended by MLS after Frisco Police Department received an allegation of domestic abuse. Jesse is currently being evaluated by doctors as part of the league protocol. I was able to ask for an update on Jesse on a conference call with Lucha Gonzalez on Wednesday, and here's what he had to say. Um, right now, the league is, is uh, very important in, in giving us updates on, on Jesse. I know he's well. I know he's um, been very cooperative and forthcoming and, and, and in communication with people that are uh, trying to, to learn more and uh, so just waiting to learn more and, and get more information so that um, we understand the league's, the league's um, perspective and, and standpoint, and then the club can go ahead and then have its own. The other big piece of news was that MLS finally announced the ridiculously named MLS's back tournament. This was recorded before Thursday's draw, so it's more reaction to the tournament as a whole. Uh, and I will apologize in advance, there were some sound issues with Steven's side, but it should be a good listen, and thanks again for, for checking in with us. Steven, Luis, how are you both? Yeah, doing good. Thanks for the uh, for inviting us. Steven, are you there? Yeah, thanks, Dan. Great. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. You know, so the first thing, we always like to ask people their soccer story, particularly when it comes to uh, the supporters groups. To illustrate that it's not that guy who's more often than not going to shout off on a capo box with a big loudspeaker and the guy with a flag that's bigger than the stadium itself. So uh, let's let's start with you, Luis. What's what's your sto- your soccer story? What you know gave you the passion for the game? Yeah. So for me, soccer has been something that's almost been instilled in me as as a, from from the time I was ever. Uh, Born, I mean, my family, uh, half my family is from Uruguay, South South America. Um, obviously, in Uruguay, we love our football. Um, my grand, my grandfather played for the great team Peñarol in Uruguay, for those who are familiar. Um, and so soccer's always been something um, that was instilled in me from a family level. Um, I played all the way um, growing up, uh, played for the Dallas Texans uh, all the way through uh, high school. Um, it, Played soccer at my at Nolan Catholic where I won state. Um, so um, soccer has always been something where uh, that I've been massively uh, engaged with. And then one of the things that's I I find most uh, appealing about soccer culture is the fact that we do have our local teams and that the fact that we can wear you know our pride for those teams on our sleeve. And and I think the best way to do that is definitely join a supporters group. And so like like I was saying when I first started going to FC Dallas games in Frisco. My parents would take me when I was, you know, back 2011, 2010, uh, during our MLS Cup runs, et cetera. Um, 
you know, I looked over and I said, I, I, I want to support my, my team in, in, in the greatest possible way. And oftentimes we go to the games and, um, yeah, I was 13, 14 years old and I, I just couldn't sit still in my seat. I wanted to, to, to get up and do something and yell and uh, sing and chant. And so um, EM provided that, that avenue for me. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful for the people that I've met along the way. And uh, really how much of an impact EM's had on my life is... Um, you can't quantify that value. It's it's been it's been great, and so um, that's my soccer story. I still live, breathe, eat football, and uh, EM was the best avenue for me to uh, to continue to do that. Does it make a difference, uh, you know, coming from a Uruguayan background, to have that kind of Latin style of support with El Matador? Yeah, for sure. One of the other things that uh, to kind of piggyback off of that is. Obviously, um, for those who've been around SC Dallas for a while, um, there was a um, age restriction for the beer garden where, the, where DBG is located. Um, and so for for a while there, most people who um, were, were under underage um, didn't really have a place other to go than EM. And um, for me, um, that was a, a no-brainer given the fact, like you said, um, I really value the Hispanic-style supporters group culture. Um, growing up in Uruguay, or growing up in Uruguay, um, when we go to Uruguay and we go to games, etc., the the big hinchadas of Nacional, which is the team I support in Uruguay, and, and Peñarol, and, and 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 for those of you who have seen, um, you know, YouTube videos or Facebook videos of like the uh, the big clubs in Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, like that that culture for me is um, beat, beats out all the rest. And obviously, no culture is superior to it to the other, but. Uh, for me personally, the Hispanic culture that EM brought was always going to be, you know, a big selling point for for me joining EM. Awesome, I appreciate. And Stephen, um, I've always known you as more of a, a lacrosse guy outside of FC Dallas. So, uh, so what what got you into soccer? Soccer, man, it's kind of they um, they sort of parallel, right? And and <clears throat> all my friends um, in high school and then also in college were. You know, I guess I'm equally split on on the lacrosse and, and the soccer teams, and um, you know there wasn't pro lacrosse to watch, so we would watch a lot of uh, professional soccer. And I think at that time it was really when uh, the European leagues and uh, especially the Champions League final was really starting to be more readily available to the public in the U.S. Um, and so you know, it's 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 not something where we were necessarily watching a league every weekend like we can now in the weeks. Um, it was more of this kind of like a lure of the World Cup and, and you know, every four years, the world's best. And, and there was no other there was no other sport just when I was sort of reaching my soccer consciousness. I, I feel like there was no other sport that sort of competed like that, right? Like there's no there's no other sport where, where the World Cups is sort of held at that pinnacle. And, and um, you know, and then and then you get into the club like all across the world. And I think it's it's each each sort of subcontinent has its own unique characteristics to how they support, right? So massive choreography, TIFOs, whatever it is, like, you know, everybody does a little bit of it all, but some people do a whole lot better. And so it was so unique to see that. And it's not something you see in any other sport in the world. Like, you know, there's people that write in Sharpie on a, on a little science project board from Walmart and they bring it to the Cowboys game and that's fantastic. But there's not anybody that, there's no other team in, in, in the Metroplex that's going to put a 30 by 45 piece of fabric and ask 50 years hundred other members to come out and paint it before a game that just doesn't happen anywhere else. And so I think that uniqueness just, just accord with me and, and something where I thought, you know what, that's, that's really what I, I want to do. That's how I, I can show 
my sort of support and 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 good value for for a, a, a supporters culture and, and a club atmosphere. So to me, that's what always always attracted that, right? And, and like I said, I, I was a little bit spoiled seeing seeing uh, Champions League finals and things like that. But for the world's game was was just seeing that that type of support and and, and how it sort of changes from you know that that barrio style of support in South America to um, sort of the massive choreography in, in Asia, and then you have the pyrotechnic heavy stuff and, and the tifo heavy stuff in in, in Europe and you know, and, and North Africa. And it's, it's, I mean, at times it's intoxicating. You see that stuff just to me, you can't help, but feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself, you know, and it's, it's an easy way to, to get out there and, and contribute. And like I said, just create that atmosphere of, of supporting your club and, and, and having pride in, in not only FC Dallas, but Dallas. So that's where I grew up. And, and for me, that's my local club. So I guess let's, let's get down to business. Um, what have the, the supporters groups been up to in this, uh, COVID enforced time off. We um, been keeping our internal meetings um, pretty static. Took a, a minor break there for the officer group, but uh, we've been meeting, you know, as officers and just kind of establish what we want to do with all of this downtime and all the resources that we have available to to our group and what we can do to kind of, kind of help the community. Right. So that's um, been an internal FIFA team that we've been running for uh, the last, I guess, week or so. Um, that should hopefully line up nicely with the uh, ISC tournament that they're going to do towards the end. Of, um, so we can kind of send a winner to nationals. Um, we just recently put out um, a statement of support <clears throat> through all of our social media, including members of the community to donate to body and, and justice foundations, both at a local and a national level. And, and DBG has been matching those donations, um, you know, up to, Right now, our goal is fifteen hundred dollars, and we're hoping to beat that. So we need to match and, and match beyond whatever we we hit a maximum of. So you know that's been kind of the last couple of months for us, um, just trying to make sure that everyone in in our community is doing well and doing what we can to support um, you know our members. And recently, just engaging with the club around what's next and sort of what we expect in the next couple of weeks and, and and coming months and what the end of the season or I guess yeah. the season first is what we need to talk about, um, but what that might look like in the back half. Yeah, and then for us over at, at El Matador, the, you know, this this break that we've had has been, uh, it came at a really, like, terrible time, really. I mean, those first two games that we had, uh, we thought we had the ball rolling to something pretty good for this season, but um, it's been it's been rough for us in, in, in a way. A lot of us um, have had our struggles with being off of work, um, you know, the schools being out for a lot of our members, um, so we're dealing with, you know, the real-life consequences of these type of um, situations. Um, but as far as like our our, um, our outlook of what we're going to be going you know forward here, we're going to be doing things, um, and I guess we'll get into it later on. But once this tournament starts back up here in Orlando, um, we are going to be hosting um, watch parties uh, for the public, things along those lines. Um, and we've also um, still been in contact with the uh, these high schools that we've been talking to um, prior to this season to um, start to see where they're at. Uh, in regards to the um, the games that will be coming up eventually here pretty soon. So other than that, um, not really much. It's been uh, like I said, it's, it feels like a long off season. So um, like Stephen said, we've been in preliminary talks with the club over the past couple of weeks in regards to what to look forward to here in the next few months. But yeah, we're looking forward to uh, this Orlando tournament um, and just kind of see where things take us. You, you both mentioned obviously speaking to the front office. How uh, how have things been in terms of have they suggested any way that 
the the groups can support the team from afar and and how maybe like you know the reverse what the club can do for the groups yeah um thanks again man i uh i was just thinking about some of the i guess some some of the early emails just kind of keep everybody informed around um as far as like you know what the club is pushing out and, and offering all that contact with you know players and now obviously this call with the club is going to be uh andre zanata so that'll be interesting to to hear his thoughts tomorrow and you know, from from sort of the get go, they you know kind of set that cadence. But for us, really, I think outside of that, it's just been you know what can we do whenever things do open up. Um, you know, they were able to kind of provide us with some of the swag, some of those early matches that we had against the NYCFC supporters, and, and for our, our tournament that we're running right now um, as well. So that was that was um, yeah, really just kind of opening up the, the lines of communication around what that might be, what we could see ourselves doing, what what we kind of have in the back of our minds for, for one things open up. And, you know, as far as supporting the players, they had Nicole reached out to, to uh, I think both of our groups about being in a uh, photo series that they ran um, where in a, a, a national thing with all the other clubs where they just kind of encourage people to show how they support the team and, and how they're doing it at home and with their whatever significant others or families or, you know, whatever that might look like. So I know, I think members of both groups participated in that, which was, which was good and good to see. Um, and then, yeah, really just kind of, putting out there what uh, what that might look like for, you know, are we going to look to do like a drive-in movie theater away game? Are we going to be doing uh, remote tailgates? Are we going to be doing, you know, social distancing in the parking lot? Uh, what can we do when when the team gets back on the pitch and how can we be active in supporting them? I think the thing I'm looking forward to right now is, you know, we're all in agreement around some type of, of big send-off for whenever they get ready to go to work so really that's kind of what I've been focused on in the last probably 20, 48 hours and, um, you know, looking forward to, to reaching out to everybody about what they, they feel like would be a, a great send-off because I think that's a great opportunity for people to come out and support the club and, and whatever way we, we figure out and, and really just show, you know, we've been here the whole time and, and we're ready. We're just as ready to get back as they are. I will say, uh, just, just talking about that, the photo shoot at MLS uh, Commission, I would ordinarily say that, you know, uh, Benjamin probably doesn't wear the the covering on his face all the time and and that you don't, you're not surrounded by two poles all the time, but I've been in your garage and you are surrounded by two poles all of the time. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. And uh, and Luis, uh, is it has it been pretty similar with what the 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 club have come back with? Yeah, um, just like to add a couple of things to what Stephen was saying. Uh, obviously, what he, uh, what he brought up was um, is you know very similar to what we're doing with the club as well. But it is going to be interesting to see once we do return to games at Toyota Stadium. And um, earlier, before we started recording, we mentioned that MLS is looking to delegate to the states as to um, you know the requirements for capacity for stadiums and stuff like that. So it is going to be interesting to see. Once we return to um, playing at Toyota Stadium, how social distancing and stuff like that is enforced, um, and in particular for the SGs, where that is going to be different um, than what we normally do, right? As SGs, we normally like to group up together, get real close to each other, um, just to create that atmosphere, et cetera. So that is going to be um, interesting to see how they, they move forward with that. Um, we've had pre- preliminary talks in regards to that social distancing in the garden, but... Um, I'm actually really interested to see how they're going to do that uh, in the garden and outside of the garden. So um, that should be interesting in the, in the next couple of months. So do you see both supporters groups staying in the garden, you know, in, in that whole social distance and atmosphere? Um, I mean, I, I would think so. Um, if, we're, if we're only going to be at, what, I think right now, um, 
Governor Abbott says 50% capacity for the stadium. Um, yeah. I don't see why we couldn't be um, both still in the garden. Um, if And maybe Stephen um, may be open to something like this. If we wanted to, um, since we are going to have a reduced capacity, um, it might behoove us to maybe move one group, um, depending on the game or whatever, however the layout looks inside the stadium, to maybe just a different part for one or two games to see if we can have more noise um in other parts of the stadium, um, so I'm not sure how, how Stephen feels about that, but we, yeah, we'll we'll see what the club uh, enforces and what their guidelines are. But I'm I'm always open to um, to uh, to new things. So so yeah, so, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just interested to see. I guess they they hosted a bunch of Frisco graduations for high school, right? So yeah, they had yeah, like yeah. ten thousand people and and all that, right? And everybody was able to do their own thing, and the, the stadium holds twenty thousand, so half would be ten. You know, and and you know what I mean. I would hate for us not to be able to go because we're not going to be in the garden, or you know what I mean. Somebody not be able to go because they're not going to be in the garden. Like, I'm just wondering, like you're saying, how they're going to put the seats out, just how they're going to do that, right? They're not going to be able to honor everybody's back tickets. I think we're going to have to probably look at something like that, right? Because you're yeah. talking, there's a maximum capacity of 900 in there, so 50 percent capacity in the garden. You know, able to get <laughs> plenty of times. Uh, um, yeah. It makes and, it and tough. We crossed at the starting line, ready for that. So I think it makes it tough as well because, like you mentioned, it's nine hundred season ticket holders. It's not nine hundred people just buying a ticket on the day. So you know, if it is fifty percent, you are having to move a significant number of season ticket holders to a new location and take into account season tickets around those areas. Yeah, so it might even behoove us to actually move one of the groups out. Um, maybe just depending on, like, like you said, how many people end up showing up. Um, we probably are going to just have to do that. I mean, if we already have 900 season ticket members in the garden, um, like you said, just pure math, that's just not going to work. Um, so maybe we can um, we'll look into like um, the best ways to like move uh, what normally would be SG season ticket holders into like beneficial places, like increase the atmosphere. Um, but that, yeah, that should be interesting to, to talk with the club about um, here in the near future. So DBG are doing a FIFA tournament. Um, are there any plans for El Matador to do anything kind of similar, just just to have people interacting? Yeah, we um, in regards to like a FIFA term type of thing, we we talked about that um, in our internals over this um, break. Um, but what, what we've uh, what we're going to be doing here pretty soon is what we like to do is um, obviously Zoom is the new thing now. Everybody's zooming, um, so we um, here pretty soon in the next couple of weeks we're going to do a whole Zoom of the whole group um, just to see how everybody's doing. Um, if anybody has any questions, if anybody has any concerns, um, and then also just to see everybody, you know, this, one of, one of the big things about being in SG is like these people become friends and family almost. And so when you don't see these people for, for months on end, it's, um, it, it sucks, you know? So, um, so we, but we are, um, keeping in communication, uh, via our, our various social media things, but, um, as far as like a FIFA tournament in particular is concerned, we don't really have one planned as of yet. Uh, we've had, like I said, preliminary talks on that front. Um, but man, I mean, if Steven, uh, if, if, you, if we would want to do like a DBG versus EM uh, uh, FIFA tournament, I'm totally down. Because um, uh, one of the things that we didn't get to do during this break was have our supporters um, cut, which um, for most of the supporters could tell you that that is one of the best days of the year. You know, you get to play inside of Toyota Stadium against the other uh, supporters group. Um, and it's always a good good time. So, I mean, if we want to take it into the digital, I'm totally down. Um, and that would be something that our group would probably be uh, interested in, for sure. I have a torn Achilles that says it's not always a good time. <laughs> and that, that happened, right? during our. That was the last Supporters Cup, right? That was the, the last one, yeah. yeah. 
that was brutal. That was uh, that was a lot of fun though. Uh, a bunch, d- bunch of ringers playing that game, huh? I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, no, those, those are a great occasion. They're always fun to, especially for people that don't maybe have that close connection to the, to people within the team that they can go down on the field and play where they watch. Yeah, there, there's no better feeling as a football fan of your of, of whatever team to be able to like play a somewhat competitive game inside of that stadium that you're always there every weekend. You know, that's nothing beats that for sure. What kind of lights it? We're talking about MLS coming back, and uh, fortunately today we found out the uh, the confirmed announcement of the ridiculously named MLS's back tournament. Larissa, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. How do you uh, how do you feel about the the tournament? And are you looking forward to it? Does it feel kind of forced? Yeah, you know, this is going to be interesting. Um, from a lot of the people that I talk with in the circles that I'm in, it it almost feels like a preseason tournament, like a, a tournament of like no importance. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see how MLS incentivizes this into being something of like a, of, of like an importance, you know? Um, and, and also for a lot of people in, in our circles, you know, one of the things that um, makes us um, join SGs or be a part of these groups is the, uh, is like the ability to support your team in the stadium. Right. And um, for a lot of people, that's going to be, um, a turnoff, you know, playing in Orlando very far away, no fans. So we'll see how high interest levels are in, in this and, and see what MLS does to, to peak those interest levels um, across the, you know, the, the, the various teams in the league. So, but as far as, uh, I guess, my personal opinion, I don't know. It, feel, it feels almost like a, it feels forced. It feels something of like a preseason, kind of like an Arizona thing that we usually do every year or whatever. Yeah. So it's just I don't know I I don't know if I can be that interested in something that like it just feels like it has no importance to what the actual like um, season will eventually end up being. So and Stephen, how about yourself? Man, I was real excited when I heard uh, that they were close to finding a source or an option or whatever, and then obviously when the date came down, and I was kind of disappointed when I heard it was just going to be like regular season games. And I guess that's I guess that's good, you know, and and in some way to guys out and let them get a run and. Had uh, had more than two uh, tally marks everybody's season record, but um, you know it, it just seemed kind of odd, I guess, to me to, to start the season that way and, and to um, do some kind of yeah like all in one tournament. And I know that's I just I coached like you know through my twenties and thirties like that was always the place that teams went for like a summer tournament. So it always has that like Luis was saying it has that same kind of connotation to me when I heard that all the leagues were looking there. I just kind of always reminded me of those like massive massive high school tournaments that they hold there like constantly throughout the summer so um excited obviously to to be able to to get us the guys get out and and like i said get some competition in and, and glad that mls is starting back up but it's going to be kind of a weird deal and it's already going to be a weird season and just kind of having that that's those two different yeah i guess now three different quote-unquote mini seasons within a season it'll be interesting to kind of see how how that all plays out at the end and and sort of what the whole year is going to be like but yeah Definitely. you know we'll we'll be we'll talk about it again on june 8th or 9th i guess <laughs> or july 9th yeah and it, it talking about like uh it being like a high school tournament even even you'll speak to players and coaches on some of the conference calls the league are doing and they're all saying the same things so yeah it's like playing the academy tournaments and the disney tournaments when you're a kid and dallas cup and I, you know i can't think how many times i've i've heard those comparisons made and just you know it's it's kind of a wonder how much it devalues the competition almost 
things is to, like to look over to our uh, our friends and comrades in, in 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 Europe, and they're not doing anything of anything close to this. Obviously, their seasons are way um uh they're they're, they're way longer into their seasons, but um it almost feels like uh when, you know, the European games come back, and that might just be due to the fact that, like I said, that they've played more games in their season, but it almost feels like those games are already important, you know, whereas these mm-hmm. don't even feel as important. And then granted, and then, and then given the fact that, like, MLS has a playoff system in which, like, we saw Seattle a couple of years ago where, like, bought on the league in July and, you know, ended up winning MLS Cup, so it even, like, lessens, it almost feels like it lessens the, um, um, the importance of these games. But... You know, that being said, like, like Stephen said, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes, and I don't know, maybe MLS will surprise us and <laughs> and make it worthwhile. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, you know. The the premise is that every team's going to play three group games, and then there'll be a sixteen team elimination tournament. Uh, you know, with a the winner getting a, a spot in in Champions League and as a $1.1 million prize pool. But on a call with Don Garber last week, he said originally, um, and he cited this uh, $1 billion uh, loss that MLS is expecting this year. I don't really know where they got that figure from, but you know, it's like, this this tournament is really to recoup some of that as much as anything. And originally, what they wanted to do was twice the size. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't quite imagine that one. I'd love to know where that number comes from, just kind of like uh, as like, uh, an aside, <laughs> like one billion, really, in yeah. losses. I, I'd, I'd love to know that number, where that comes from or where he gets that. But yeah, it was that's neither here nor there. So. It was a Zoom call um, with the league and a, a ton of journalists across the country and they didn't have the video on for anyone but Don Garber and Mark Abbott, the president of MLS. And if they had, there would have been so many scrunched up faces when he said that figure. Just like, where, where did you get that? You know, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. It'd be great to to have uh, some soccer to talk about that isn't in a different country. Um, particularly, you know, as as FC Dallas fans being able to to talk about that and to be a little bit more active. Um, it's definitely going to be a little bit hard for, for some of the uh, watch parties. The kickoff times, uh, one of them is at 8 in the morning um, to avoid the, the, the just the sheer heat and humidity in, in Orlando. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll just have to see uh, see what comes of that. And it'd be great to see a send-off or some kind of virtual support for for FC Dallas from, from both your groups. Yeah, for sure, most definitely. Speaking of the way that the group support it, El Matador is pretty known to be a group that likes to travel. Um, any any thought of Crash in Disney? Yeah, so like we were saying before we started recording, I mean, we we were we had plans this season to go to Miami away. That was going to be our signature away game. Um, it was going to be the first ever FC Dallas game in Miami. I guess what Fort Lauderdale technically, but. Um, but yeah, we were super looking forward to that. Um, so that was on the books to do. Um, but as far as this Orlando, this Orlando thing, I don't think we're going to be doing it. Even though we, like we said, we we love our travel. We haven't traveled in, in a few months outside of you know our house and our grocery store. Um, but um, yeah, as of right now, no. Um, but uh, like I said, we were so looking forward to going to Florida this year for uh, for for different reasons. But um, as of right now, nothing's on the books. So. I guess a lot kind of depends on on what the revised schedule is going to look like and really what what travel and the financial restraints on people with uh, you know with with people being furloughed or or losing work of some variety through it all. Yeah, and I guess one one thing that I just came to my mind is um 
if, for instance, we do and we do our FC Dallas thing and somehow end up get you know making the final of this or whatever, um, I don't. Um, and Dan, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think even fans will be able to attend that that final. Correct? No, the whole thing's without fans. Yeah, yeah. See that that would be um, that would be interesting if like at at the point of the final, if there are some like um, if they've like lifted some restrictions on like. Um, whatever the Florida, you know, laws may be. Um, it would be interesting because it is, at the end of the day, it is a Champions League spot. So there is a little bit of importance. Um, so if SC Dallas were to make the final um, and they were to lift a couple of restrictions, then, yeah, I could see a group from us going out there um, and supporting the boys. But uh, but until then, yeah, nothing's really on the books. So. Well, Jerbosi and I were talking about going up to the stadium and just standing outside and, and – doing our thing outside in the parking lot <laughs> so whether they do a, a watch party up there or not at least we can all just meet up there and it would yeah it would be sick if like um, and i know we mentioned it in the meeting uh, this past couple of weeks uh, to the front office it would be interesting to see if like they could literally do a drive-in movie theater type thing outside the stadium so everybody can come watch like that would be cool and everybody just stays in the cars and we do our social distancing thing and that that would be yeah that'd be like a unique cool experience and i think that would that would serve well to like reignite the fan base back into caring uh, back into caring back into like um supporting the team etc yeah that'd be fun that's a team that's yeah, done no that doubt. oh i don't doubt yeah that, I, I feel like i've heard of, 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 like, te- of teams doing that before like having to watch parties outside their stadium so yeah it'd be cool and even if they let us watch on the jumbotron or i mean this is a good opportunity for them to just like run the setup you know like they're gonna do a oh true yeah just see what that looks like at the stadium and just you know like get people there so um whatever they're working on, you know, I, I would assume that that's probably part of it, but, um, you know, we were just talking about, like, even if they don't post anything, if we don't, you know, regardless of whatever happens, like, we can always just do our thing up there, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it'll be exciting to see, it'll be exciting to see kind of what we're able to, to get out there and, and probably uh, more exciting to see what happens when, <clears throat> excuse me, those regular season games open up in, in August and September. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be cool, but, you know, we'll we'll find something I'm sure to, to do for uh, for these next. I guess what it's how long is the tournament? It's three weeks, four weeks, uh, thirty five days. But it, it, <laughs> just one last thing, Stephen. If um, just kind of preliminarily speaking, um, it would be it, like say we make the final of this tournament in, in, in the most FC Dallas fashion, right? Winning something other than MLS Cup, <laughs> right? Um, we could do something, um, even if it isn't a, like an official FC Dallas thing. Obviously, we'd like to make it official, right? So we can have more people there, etc. Um, but dude, yeah. I'd, I'd be totally down to get both groups, to, you know, push out on social media to like meet up at like outside the stadium, and we'll bring like TVs and stuff, and we'll like you know hook up our um, our like YouTube TV or whatever, and and, and have some like unofficial watch parties. I'd, I'd, I'd be down to do that for sure. Um, and like yeah, tailgate and cook like, out and stuff. A little darker and yeah, just project it up on a wall or something and and we could do yeah. a recreation of the u.s open cup walk-in you know what i mean oh yeah man oh, yeah. man Oof. Good, good memories good memories of cup final yeah 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 no doubt now don't get anyone scared with the flares and smoke bombs oh yeah we can't, can't be having none of that uh <laughs> none of that stuff <laughs> said and, uh, none of that fun yeah. stuff none of that fun stuff i, I kind of want to like Maybe take things down a, a notch just a little bit. Um, another thing that was in the news recently was uh, was was Jesse Gonzalez being suspended. You know, with a with an alleg- an allegation and report made to Frisco Police about domestic abuse. Um, I just wonder why it really it, it's it's kind of hard because you you don't want to 
you don't want to support the the allegation, but at the same time, you know, it's a player of a team you support. So I just wonder where you, uh, you know, how, how you really felt with that. And um, particularly, I wanted to, to get Stephen's view. I know uh, DBG is a, you know, a very socially active group. Uh, so, so Stephen, how, do, how, uh, how did you take that news? Yeah, I mean, personally, to me, uh, when I saw that, I was just, you know, I... It's, it's always tough to be associated with that. And anytime I hear about that from a player for pretty much any professional sports league, I feel like you are able to, you know, you have the opportunity to not put yourself in those types of positions, right? Walk away, do whatever. So whenever a cowboy or, you know, whatever, a, a star or a maverick, any of that stuff, you know, public indecency, drunk driving, all that stuff. I mean, that's a, being a professional athlete is an extreme privilege, right? So I just, to me, when I hear that type of stuff, I just, I don't, I don't think the teams that I support should, they should do whatever they can to distance themselves and not associate with anybody that's even like remotely, like, you know, allegations, charges, all that stuff. To me, it's, it's, you know, that those, those are just not actions becoming of, of a professional athlete. So, um, to me, I know, and, and the feedback I've kind of seen from, from a lot of the members is, you know, even if he does come back or if it's just a suspension, because there's been kind of, I don't want to say inconsistency, but there's been some different results or rulings on players throughout the league. And, and you know, the majority of the people that I've heard speak up about the issue obviously say, like, I don't want him starting. I don't want him on the bench. I don't want him on the seat Um So, like I said, to me, that's that's something where, you know, I, I, I've only sifted through the headlines. I haven't read deep into to a lot of the, the history or the background, or anything, but, um, you know, from, from what I've been told and from, from what I've kind of read across, across the headlines from, from multiple publications, it just seems like that's something we can't, we can't be associated with. And, and obviously just, you know, not something we want to, we want to be a part of or, or have a player on our team linked to. So, um, like I said, majority of, of everybody I've heard from <laughs> speak up in DVG has, has said the exact same thing. So. Yeah, and then I guess we can call that a little bit here. I think um, it's it sucks that like this is the news that we get um, as FC Dallas fans um, during this break. Out of like all all the things that could have happened, this is um, very unfortunate for our, for like our, our fan base and our community. Um, but like 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 Stephen was saying, like this is these these are serious allegations. Obviously, everybody is uh, you know presumed innocent until proven guilty in our in our legal system. But as as a society and as a team as a community as a club we should always take these with the uh, the utmost uh importance that these allegations do deserve um and uh yeah it's, it's just very unfortunate that, that this is the news that comes out during the break of, of, of fc dallas um, of, of any note so um echo most uh, mostly everything steven said as well so um, we'll see how it plays out um and if anything even remotely starts to come true um in, in, as, in far as uh these allegations are concerned and yeah, he has no place in our community or club in our team. So fortunately, Franco posted a picture from the Omni not long after. So, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, that was, that was, yeah. Yeah. And one from the training field yesterday. Did he practice yesterday? Yeah. Uh, he's not allowed yeah. to practice with the team, but he's doing individual workouts. And, and why is that just technical reasons or like contract stuff? Or? Just because the transfer window. Ah, gotcha. Uh, which it's just kind of weird. I've actually asked FC Dallas and MLS today, like, you know, the transfer window is supposed to open the day before the tournament begins, but they put this indefinite pause on it. 
So yeah. have they unpaused it and not told anyone? Lucci seems hopeful that he's going to be participating in Orlando, but I don't know. Uh, well, there what was... a bummer if he couldn't, right? That, that, that'd be terrible if he couldn't. It would be, um, yeah, it'd be brutal if he could participate there. No, definitely. Um, although there was a story um, earlier today, uh, Tom Boger, MLS, did mention that Colorado have signed a new homegrown um, looking at starting with the summer transfer window on on, uh, on July 7th, so maybe that means you know they're under the belief that it will be open and that would mean Ahara would be available. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think, uh, you know, for him, um, as far and then I guess as the club as well, it'd be so nice for him to have a quote unquote preseason, right? Use this tournament as like a kind of like a getting used to the uh, the play style of the players, etc. So this could be good for him to have a, his own little preseason. I know you sort of mentioned some the potential of a of a second twenty four hour tailgate if uh, if the stadium does open up and and you know and we do get another like a, res- a true resumption of the season with fans is is that something that's on the cards or is that more just a we'll see maybe it happens maybe it doesn't yeah i definitely hope it happens you know i hope um <clears throat> i hope we're able to get out there i hope we're able to you know provide a safe environment for people where they feel comfortable and they can come out and, and have a good time and, and ramp back up and kind of get, that, get that season that in-season vibe going again and and the, to what we all enjoy you know and and whether that's 24 hour part two or um you know one of the things i was actually kind of sort of kicking around um mentally and then at the end of the call the other day with um Pats and Nicole was, you know, could we do something like could we use the I was asking if we could use the parking lot where we tailgate for just rent stuff, right? Like whatever we needed to do, distribution, pickup, you know, donation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought it'd be cool if we did like a little I don't know what you want to call it, but like, you know, we between our groups especially we have enough pop ins to like make a huge like borderline carnival, like a fair. We want to get people out to, to enjoy whatever version of MLS we end up with in, in 2020. And, and part of that's obviously going to be the MLS's back cup and part of that's back half of the season. But, you know, I, I think I think that's on everybody's mind. And certainly we're planning for 24-hour part two. But I think we'll know more in probably a week or so kind of what the what they uh, as far as, you know, what is August and, and September dates look like. We had a great turnout at the first one, but what that means for, for game day and <clears throat> you know, who's going to be able to sort of go in and, and what we're going to do outside of that. But something to, something to consider, we're kind of entertaining all options of, of how we want to condense what we would normally do like in a year at our normal events throughout the course of the year. But, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, we have a great opportunity to do a, a, a co-tournament or co-event with, with El Matador and, and, and kind of kind of look to do new things for for all of that. So, yeah, it's it's exciting to to think that we're going to be able to to get back to that and kind of re-kick the season off and I, I really hope we get a chance to do that. It's definitely it's definitely in uh it's definitely on our planner. It's it's right there like circle but we just don't have a date for it and and like I said hopefully we can get we can provide that same type of atmosphere and environment where people feel safe and want to come out and <clears throat> you know, support the club on game day and 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 also, you know, spend some time in I think one of the, the nice things about being able to uh, kind of check in with with the supporters groups is that the, there's definitely you know there's the the fans that that are serious supporters and and generate atmosphere and and either join in with the supporter group activities or 
or at least are, are aware of them and kind of are surrounded by them. Um, but there's also, you know, the the you know whether it's casual fans or fans that just want to kind of do their own thing that may not participate in in the SG stuff or or necessarily be too aware about it. So. Um, I guess I'd like to kind of like close really with uh, giving you both just a, a chance to to maybe send a message to to those fans. Um, you know, I'd like to start with with you, Luis. Um, what does El Matador present to to fans that maybe aren't members of supporters groups, and 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 how can can they help in their own way to deliver what what your group's message is to uh, to the team, to the community, really. You know, to all, the, all those uh, all those terms that Lucci uses constantly. Yeah, so I'll take take it this time to say a little story before I close here. Um, me, anecdotally in particular, the way I found El Matador was um, one day in 2014. I went to the game and I saw people that were banging drums, waving flags, jumping up and down, singing, and I was like, "Those people are cool. I want to join those people." Um, and one of the things that stood out to me from the very beginning was how open and friendly and how how much of a family atmosphere that that group at the time provided to me. And that is something that we have tried and we, we focus on doing um, for others. So if you've ever felt like, hey, I want to join a supporters group, I want to join EM, but I don't know anybody, um, I'm kind of embarrassed slash awkward to like just walk up and say, hey, like, can I join, like, Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, um, at El Matador FCD, on Facebook, or to me personally uh, on Twitter, at LuisDollar09. Um, we welcome everybody. Um, and one of the things that you'll learn straight away um, when joining our group is how everybody is treated as family. That's one of the things that we pride ourselves on, um, and you'll, we'll make you feel right at home. So um, for anybody, like I said, who is... Um, uh, not, you know, if, if they're, if they feel awkward or whatever, just, just reach out to us. We'll introduce you to the right people and we'll get you going. And then as far as what you can do on an, on an individual level on game day and or, um, on social media, et cetera. Um, look, we, um, we understand that, um, oftentimes it is, um, uh, when it comes to the game day atmosphere, it is oftentimes, um, tough for somebody sitting in, um, sections that aren't the garden to, uh, feel, um, uh, feel like they can participate in, in, in that, you know, the game day atmosphere, but that is, that could be, uh, that's not what the fans should be, right? It doesn't matter where you sit or where you're located, you can always, um, um, produce, um, something to the atmosphere. So, um, on our, on our Facebook page, we have, um, our, our, our chant sheets, um, for those who are interested. Um, but even if you don't sit in the garden, I always tell people, um, don't feel um, uh, don't don't feel like the urge that it's like it'd be awkward for you to sing in, in whatever um, section you're in. Um, that's one of the things that I noticed when I first came to FC Dallas games. I would sit on the east or the west side, and I'd feel I'd feel like I, it, it was not socially acceptable for me to like sing, or it'd be awkward, or people would look at me funny. But I think one of the things that we as a club should be focusing on is, is like normalizing this behavior. That no matter where you sit in the gar- uh, in the stadium, whether it's in the garden or not. That the normalization of singing, the normalization of clapping, the normalization of bringing signs, um, all these things that add to the atmosphere should be something that we as a club should be striving to um, to achieve. So, um, like I said, um, follow us on social media. That's the best way to get in contact with us. Um, and, and never, never, never feel um, afraid, awkward, um, 
to come up to us and say, hey, I'm not part of your group, but I want to be. Um, and we'll be there to, to welcome you in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can I couldn't agree more than than what with what we said. It it was um, kind of a similar path that that got me to to DBG is just doing doing what it is that I love, doing what it is that I enjoy, and supporting the club in the way that I wanted to. Right, I I saw a way that um, I could you know not necessarily do what is you know quote unquote conventional. I would just encourage people to do the same thing. You know, support however you can. It doesn't matter what it is. It's 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 ma- it matters that you're doing something right and and so. <clears throat> However you want to contribute, you know, for us in the garden, obviously it's standing for nine minutes and, and doing our best to go to go mental and, and make as much noise and, and create as much atmosphere as physically possible, both, you know, in an audio and in a way. And, and um, I think I contribute, you know, in, in equal measure. So I would just encourage everybody to do the same. And, and like Louis says, you know, it's it's about, it's about encouraging people and, and, and promoting that, that type of behavior and, and making sure that everybody understands, like, that's that's what we want. That's what we're going for. And. Um, you know, we do our best to kind of engage the crowd. I think with with some of our our larger chants, you might call them, and 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 getting that that rolling throughout the the stadium, especially when it's when it's crucial or when it's a big game. You know, and 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 there's been times where we've gotten a really good response. But you know, to me, it's it's everybody do what you love and be proud about that. And and like I said, support people when when you see them supporting. So, um, you know, that's. Again, to me, that's that's kind of the whole thing, right? Do what you love and, and support the club in the way that that you feel best. And it's not going to be the same for everybody, but but together, going to create a, a fantastic atmosphere because some people are going to play instruments, and some people are going to paint signs and banners, and some people are going to stand on the capital box, and some people are going to clap the whole time, and some people are going to be there <clears throat> just to support everybody else in whatever way they can. Bring them water, or just stand next to them, and be there for them. So. Um, it's 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 really that simple, you know. Just support the club and in, in the way that that you love to, and, and that makes you happy uh, to create that atmosphere. Just like to add to that, I mean, I've uh, became a member of Dallas Beer Guardians in in 2012 when I first moved to to Dallas. Um, you know, I was I've always believed in supporting your local team, and the first thing I did was was seek that out and and kind of figure out what the best fit was for me. Um, you know, for people who maybe aren't too familiar with supporters groups and, and just kind of look on and say, yeah, they, they look like they're having fun. They're making a lot of noise. I kind of want to get involved with that. The fact that, that you'll tailgate to, you know, in the same area on the west side of the stadium now, uh, in the red lot, I mean, you know, it's not something, of, uh, you know, it's not something that you have to be invited to. It's a very public thing. There are banners. There's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of canopies. It's very obvious that that are supporters activities there i think it's really cool that both groups are so open you know dbg might have the the petty colas kegs and el matador may have uh cans brought over from tups brewery you know both have the grills going different things and if you want to donate to both groups great but you know the the most important thing is sort of go and, and hang out and familiarize yourself with the people and, and and see what what the fit is for you i think that's that's such a good element that a lot of other teams don't have where some teams don't have a space for tailgating or you know or just they're just socially they're they're kind of different and i think that's a i think that's a great call out man and and um you know it's it's back to what we were just talking about like some people their deal is to you know they love to to make food and provide for everybody and they're out there every game day they're out there you know uh getting stuff ready days before getting everything prepped getting everything situated, getting it all ready to go so that hundreds of people, you know, between our two groups, like hundreds of people can eat. That's a massive undertaking. 
thinking, right? And so I think like you said, you know, you ask out um, what it is that, that you enjoy and, and there's there's people that are the same thing, you know, and, and I think that's that's probably that's at the core of, of both of ours is just, you know, engaging the community and, and, and attracting those people of like minds and, and kind of, you know, just showing them that, Hey, there's, there's, there's every opportunity to support the club and, and kind of however you want to. Yeah, for sure. And I think one last yeah, thing I'll add, um, that Stephen kind of, you know, mentioned there is, you know, tailgates and I guess down to uh, as well as tailgates are a, a, the perfect place to, um, to, to, to really see how family friendly, um, how much of uh, an atmosphere um, that we create, um, you know, on game days. Uh, tailgates are, are, are the, the the best place to do this. So if you ever wanted to join, or you, you like I said, you ever felt like you wanted to um, to take a part but you didn't know how, um, show up to one of our tailgates. Like Dan said, they're they're public. Um, they're for everybody. Um, obviously, we um, take take vast pride in in our tailgates and the food that we create, uh, both groups, and um, you know we do that out of uh, out of our pockets. Um, so we do, obviously, if you do come, it'd be great if um, you drop a couple of dollars in the, in, the, in the bucket. But like at the end of the day, like Dan was saying, the most important thing is, is that you're there and you're supporting the team. And, um, and, and yeah, like once this thing starts, starts up, up, back up again, we'll be doing our tailgates, uh, like Dan said, as normal. Uh, we got our friends over at Tufts in Fort Worth um, uh, supplying us with, 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 with the, uh, the beverages. Um, but, yeah, just, just come out to a tailgate, introduce yourself, say hi. Um, and uh, that's probably the best way to get things going as far as your SG experience is concerned. Absolutely. It, it does create a, a great environment and definitely something to recommend to people. Um, you know, I, I, I do like uh, being able to just uh, park up, stroll through, go through both tailgates, see your friends in, in both groups, and then uh, on the way into the stadium or, or, you know, at the times I get to hang out to, to spend that more time. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. Luis, Stephen, thank you both for participating in this week's podcast. And thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan, for joining us for episode 65. If you like what you hear, what you read on the blog, or how we report via social media, please consider supporting Third Degree on Patreon. Buzz does endeavor to make exclusive content for patrons, whether that's the Third Degree burns, instant reactions, or times we've released raw audio from interviews. We do appreciate everyone who subscribes or just follows what we're doing through this enforced shutdown. You can also check out our Tee Public store, which is linked from the blog at thirddegree.net. And thanks again, and join us as, uh, as we should have some current talk to talk about next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. <laughs>